0: Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick.
1: This is Boobang.
0: And um, we just got to talk about the James Harden trade, but more specifically, I think maybe uh, uh, the Kyrie Irving drama. I don't know if it's drama or if it's more of like a dramedy. uh,
1: (laughs) I, I, I would call it the experience. It's the Kyrie Irving experience.
0: And what is that?
1: Um. This whole thing, well, the way I explained it on my on my Instagram or whatever uh, social medias I still have, this whole thing around if James Harden is going to join KD and Kyrie, there's, there's only one ball to share. Like, there's not three balls. These guys are ball dominant guys. And my reply to that is, is a ball really a ball? Is it a sphere or is it flat? <laughs> like, what is a ball? Are there is there one ball or infinite balls? Like, if you consider Taking the space time fourth dimension, everybody has the ball at different times, and not multiple people can have the one ball at once. And the last 10 seconds is basically what Kyrie Irving is probably telling everybody that wants to listen to him. That's my theory. So that's the Kyrie Irving
0: experience. So you're saying they're going to win the title.
1: <laughs> what is a title? I mean is it a, is it a label? Like what is the point of a championship? He already has a championship.
0: This is the foot with- bang experience.
1: Like, I mean, there's only so much you can start talking like that before somebody gets annoyed, right? This latest news around Katie being distant to, to Kyrie. I think it's hilarious. Him, Kyrie being upset with just being just not good communication with the ownership group, which is hilarious. I mean, the ownership, I'd imagine the ownership group is in China right now, right? They're not in the US also. It's just so fun. I really love this. It's like, it's like, Breaking up with an ex and then that ex showing up as a main character on Basketball Wives. And then that Basketball Ball Wives episode is actually a best of multiple uh, characters from several different Basketball Wives episodes. This is just great. I love it. Every time one of these Kyrie Irving updates comes up, I just, I just reply back uh, via text message with Steph Curry eating popcorn, his favorite <laughs> um, activity. I just love it.
0: All this stuff about the – the distance between Kyrie and, and KD, I'm not even sure like one is more annoyed with the other or whatever. We all don't know at this point what's going on with Kyrie Irving. But, um, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again that, you know, when Shaq played, he, he used to use godfather metaphors and uh, he used to call Kobe was Sonny, uh, Dwayne Wade was Michael. And uh Penny Hardaway was was Fredo. <laughs> Looking at some of the guys that KD has played with, I think it's fair to say that Russell Westbrook is is Sonny. I mean, I don't know. I mean that, that just fits so well. The guy's just such so so angry. <laughs> um and uh Steph is Michael and Kyrie is Fredo. I mean, I, I was hoping that if the Warriors didn't win the title that it was going to be the Nets. Again, we don't know what's going on with Kyrie, but seemingly for, for no reason, just Kyrie being like trying to be his unique self or whatever. Uh, I, I just think this is going to be entertaining. Harden's going to come in there super out of shape. And, uh, you know, Charles Barkley said, uh, Katie traded the splash brothers for the dribble brothers. <laughs> and yeah, it's just going to be dribble, 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 like, no no kind of flow or beautiful offense or anything like that and i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be really really odd and uh you know Kyrie's legacy is going to be strange i i can't believe he's already 28 you know um seems like yesterday he was like 24 you know he hit the shot against the warriors and he has the most amazing handle and can make some crazy below the rim circus shots spin on the ball super talented guy but His his legacy is going to be just strange when it's all said and done.
1: I just, I mean, I just heard future Hall of Famer Kyrie Irving uh, a few times this week. Is he a future Hall of Famer?
0: I don't necessarily think so. I don't know how many All-Star games. I mean, I always have this debate, like All-Star games versus titles, MVPs, all that stuff. But uh I I don't necessarily think so. If his career kind of just tapers off from here, then it's it's highly debatable if he's a uh, he he hit one. I mean, he had a great series against the Warriors in the in the 2016 Finals, and he hit one shot. You know, he hit this shot to to seal it for them, and ever since then, he's been dribble, dribble, dribble. You know, goes to Boston, dribble, 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 like says I'm going to do this here. Leaves, goes to the Nets. I'm going to do this here. And I don't know if he's left, but right now he's not in the building.
1: If we're all saying that Kyrie should make it into Hall of Fame because of one shot, then um, I'm going to call up uh, Robert <laughs> Ori and Derek Fisher because they have something to say as well. <laughs> if it really is about one shot. Yes, they beat one of the greatest teams of all time. Are you
0: Robert Ori's agent? Um,
1: <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm actually a lot of Kobe stands out there, but I'm a Robert Ori stand. <laughs> Oristan? Stan
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What, what about this other, this whole, well, first of all, I just want to mention uh, my favorite tweet of the whole thing is Kyrie was trying not to be uh, Robin to Katie's Batman, but now he's suddenly Alfred. I thought that was hilarious. Totally true. Mm-hmm. My question to you is now that they're adding a third star for Katie uh, for Kate with KD. I mean, what does this mean to his legacy? I feel like if he wins a championship, which I would totally love because I feel like KD would not participate in uh, 2017 Warrior Reunions unless he wins his own championship because he's going to be like that when he's 50 <laughs> years old. So I want him to win one without the Warriors. But what is this going to do to his legacy? If he wins a championship, everybody on Twitter is going to be adding him and he's going to be sub and... Um, burner account tweeting about how, you know, it it was his team to start with and Harden joined it, but he's not really going to win pretty much on his own now with Kyrie and a a really great bench. I mean, the, the best bench was the best bench in the NBA.
0: His legacy. I mean, the the way people look back on this time in the NBA is going to be interesting. You know, the player empowerment and the movement who knows what it's going to look like in 10, 15 years. But I almost feel like KD's legacy is just going to be like a straight line trajectory from here because he made those moves. And if he wins a title with another quote unquote, I guess, super team with two other stars, then it's like, okay. And it's going to be just as unfulfilling (laughs) as. his first title with the Warriors. I remember seeing him get the MVP for the finals and he looked so unexcited. Right? Like when he, was, he was, I think he like kind the of first like,
1: MVP or the second one,
0: the, the first one, I think he got it and it was in his hand and he kind of just like, like looked up to the stands and raised his, his hands up. Like,
1: yeah, that's because Curry gets more applause every time, yeah. but that's why.
0: Yeah. But the way per- people perceive him now is what, people will probably perceive him down the road. No denying amazing singular talent, somebody like we've never seen before, but if he choices a whole burner thing and there will be people that just look at him for the basketball and say like, he's amazing and there'll be people that always hold these other things against him.
1: Yeah. I mean, whatever makes you happy, Katie, like I really hope he finds true happiness.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, for real. I, I wonder how Steve Nash is handling this. He had like a, 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 Eastern Conference Finals team on a platter, and now he has some really weird, stressful stuff probably to try to manage through the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, they got rid of the bench in a season that matters the most for a deep bench. They have a sudden expectation. I mean, uh, 538 increased the Nets um, championship percentage from, guess what it was before the trade?
0: Two. Two. Oh, so you did?
1: (laughs) You've already done some research, but yeah, two to sixteen percent. I mean, I thought two was too low already, but sixteen feels a little high when you're adding Harden, considering Katie's coming back from uh, Achilles and Kyrie usually doesn't make it through the season or at least the playoffs, right? And might not be interested in basketball right now,
0: right? I really liked the depth of that team. I mean, obviously they lost uh, Dinwiddie, which was which was huge, but um, you know they lost Jared Allen. They lost Torian Prince.
1: It's really just talk alert. about who's left. It's yeah. Joe Harris is the only team back. Pers- is the only person back from the eighth seed team, right?
0: Yeah. So for me, the Nets are going from like one of the potentially most entertaining teams of the season because of like Katie and Kyrie and Nash to one of the most entertaining teams of the season. <laughs> of <course. laughs> yeah, because of just the drama. I mean, I really want to see Kyrie Irving and James Harden play. Together, like who wants to play with James Harden? Man, I mean, obviously KD does at this point, but like, who else? I
1: can't wait. This is going to be so exciting.
0: Man, I wish, I wish there were going to be fans when KD came back with his team, with him, Harden, and Kyrie Irving. I mean,
1: coming back to the Bay, yeah,
0: that would have been that would have been so amazing if there were going to be fans.
1: I don't even know what people would do. I mean, I don't know what a bunch of uh, millionaires <laughs> sitting in arena. Uh, how they would react. Mo- I would assume most of them are like will be like, oh, harden plays for the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I I want to talk about Andrew Wiggins. Okay. My favorite player of all time. All right. How big how big is Andrew Wiggins Island? At what point? Can we talk about how how big it was last year and then over the summer and then beginning of the year?
0: I think last year the island was uh medium sized. You know, like there was it was cautiously like medium sized, <laughs> and then um beginning of the season, uh oh actually, over the summer, the island got a little bit bigger, you know um the the seas uh, receded at the start of the season, it's just like it it's like all the ice caps melted, you know and and you're just standing <laughs> well, there. we could all
1: agree now though like if if this was Andrew Wiggins for D-Lo straight up at this point, we would have we would have already been satisfied, but the fact that we have the Minnesota. Number one pick next year, top three protected, and then twenty twenty two unprotected. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just icing on the cake. This is a fucking second cake. Yeah, this is like, oh, here's your birthday cake. Eat it all up. There's another one coming.
0: Yeah, no, this is this is awesome. Like what they got is fantastic, and considering how D'Lo is performing in Minnesota, and which is not very well, like the Minnesota fans, and they're starting to see that he's a very limited player and how he plays, and how how much he actually affects winning. And then that <laughs> affects the record, of course, which affects the draft pick, <laughs> which is awesome. What,
1: what place? Remind, remind the listeners what place in the Western Conference the Minnesota Timberwolves are currently.
0: Dead last.
1: Which is great, but I guess, you know what? I mean, I have this whole thing around, like I wish they were like in third place third to last, because then it we can definitely get the fourth pick better. But it's really hard to get the first, second, or third pick nowadays. So that's fine. Yeah. I mean, stay last place. I'm looking it's at It's like a 50% chance.
0: I'm looking at it as, like, get their losses now, because who knows? Like, maybe they'll build up. There's talk of them being interested in, like, P.J. Tucker, you know? So get the losses. Get the losses. Get the losses. Because they're going to try to improve, because they obviously don't want to be a, the worst one of the worst three teams in the league. And then they also know that they don't want to, you know, be in the middle ground. I mean, they had PJ Tucker is not going to help them make the playoffs. That's for sure. But, uh, you know,
1: I think they should do the opposite. Like they should try to keep this pick. They should try to get a top three. I, I agree so with then you. They don't have. To, yeah. Cause that's, this year is a better draft. The 2021 is a better draft. The top three picks can be number one picks in the previous draft. And then the next draft, and so if they, if they somehow keep – if they don't keep this year's pick and they give up 2022's pick, that's the best outcome for them.
0: Yo, I, I 100% agree with you. But the optics of them um, just tanking for the season, it would just be terrible, right? Like they get the number one pick, they make this trade for d and they should be better, right, like on paper. So I think it would be a hugely hard sell uh, to try to tank – at this point, you know, especially with Cat going through his personal family, COVID issues and being out for part of the season. Um, he missed like four or five, six games and they lost all of them. So I think they're going to give it a shot. But that's why I'm trying to like hope that they lose enough games in case they, you know, win a few here. Edwards like figure stuff out and um and whatnot, because PJ Tucker will help them win a few games if they do get him. He's just not going to help them get to the playoffs. So if they lose. I'm all good.
1: You know they're for sale right now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do.
1: If I was the next owner, I would want to come in with the number one pick, the top, a top three pick in one of the best drafts ever. Like I don't care about optics, <laughs> especially if I'm selling the team. All you have to do is not trade for P.J. Tucker and just make sure D'Lo gets a lot of play <laughs> and, and Anthony Edwards. I mean, basically just do what they're doing now. No change.
0: Internally, they might be tanking. You never know. Like, because it it seems like it. Because Ricky Rubio, that trade is not working out for them. Edwards, I think he'll be up and down all year.
1: In what situation do you get a player you've had before and it's worked out? How many second stints have actually worked out ever?
0: Well, clearly that Chris Weber second stint uh, when he was like 50 pounds overweight. That was... was,
1: We're not talking about retiring as a warrior. (laughs) <laughs> we're uh we're talking like second
0: stint second stint don nelson is a coach <laughs> uh player wise i can't i can't think of one
1: yeah i mean i don't know what they're expecting ricky rubio as an adult is the same as ricky rubio as a child so
0: yeah the andrew wiggins trade are you kidding me like he's giving us what the warriors front office said he fits better in the role and he's he's trying hard you know he's playing hard on defense his defense is really really active and it's nonstop he's getting blocks uh you could see him like moving his feet constantly and he's never going to be worth his contract but that's not my money you know in terms of on the court if you can't get like kd you can't get um uh, another perennial all-star in there then Andrew Wiggins is a ain't bad. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well the good news is that post tax paying, uh, Andrew Wiggins is the second worst contract the Warriors have right now. Next to Ubre paying ninety million dollars <laughs>
0: for one year of Ubre. Ninety million dollar man. If Ubre continues this way, it it might just be that uh they move on from him. He's in a he's a free agent. And uh you know Hey, if they get a good pick, you pick a wing of the future, and then you play him behind Clay and Wiggins. I would not mind that at all.
1: You're listening to the Oakland Warriors podcast. Do you know Oakland Warriors is a website too? OaklandWarriors.com offers a collection of Warriors t-shirts that are comfy, classy, and cool. Fit for a real Warriors fan like you. Forget basic tees and boring designs. With Oakland Warriors, you can show your team pride with those in the know. I have a shirt from OaklandWarriors.com. It's comfy and soft, and it reps the dubs in a low-key but fun way. Don't believe me? Check out OaklandWarriors.com and use the code podcast at checkout for a 10% discount.
0: In terms of Wiggins, how would you compare his game to, say, the aforementioned Harrison Barnes?
1: He's definitely much more exciting to watch. Uh, the I think for him, I mean, I see his physical prowess. I can just see him thinking on the court. Like I really feel like he's not comfortable yet. I can see his. I mean, I just feel like he's still thinking too much when he's with the full team. When he's with the second team and he's just getting to run wild, um, a lot of ISOs. I think you know he looks more comfortable because. He, he knows that he's the best player on the court. I just don't know if he sort of fits in, knowing that he's the the second playmaker slash, you know, third most experienced warrior when he's playing with the, with the with the main with the starting lineup.
0: I think he's way better than Harrison Barnes, especially now. When you watch Barnes, he has like the same moves that he had when he was with the Warriors. Um, his athleticism is diminishing, and the only thing better that he probably does Then Wiggins is guard big fours or something.
1: I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, there's some players that look like they're playing like robots. Um, Harrison Bar- Barnes is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Brown used to be like this. I, I watched all of his games. I had season tickets for Cal when he was at Cal mm-hmm. and he played like a robot. Yeah, Like you can see him like, if you're ballroom dancing and you're counting your steps, I feel like that's what he used to do. Now it's just incredible what he's done. Yeah. And that feels like the next level of what, um, you know, taking in all of these learned and then just applying it so that it's smooth and um, seamless. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, I mean, is it too late for Andrew Wiggins to do that? I mean, just to get a little bit more loose. Um, he's 25,
0: right? Yeah. He'll be 26, uh, sometime during the season. Um, it's not too late, but here's the thing. Like I, I agree with you. Like that second unit is where he seems most comfortable, especially with Eric Pascal out there, because it takes a little bit of the creation pressure off of him. Um and I think he's finally starting to get more comfortable playing with Steph. I think he's understanding where he uh needs to be, what he's supposed to do, what the team wants and needs from him. But I just don't know if he has like I mean, Jalen Brown was obviously like so much younger when he figured it out. Um, Wiggins, I could be cautious, cautiously optimistic, but um, I'll just take what what we have for now, and and hopefully that improves a little bit.
1: I'm overall happy. This is pretty damn exciting. I mean, if for anything, he's provided us a little extra, a little something, to, a secondary thing to think about. Um, just following the Timberwolves, I think it's it, I think it's great.
0: Yeah, it's so much fun to follow the Timberwolves, like on on like the Athletic, or <laughs> to go on like uh, the Timberwolves uh, fan blogs and and read what they're what they're saying. <laughs> it's like yes, yes, it's like, it, it, you know it makes you feel like you won something even if you didn't. I mean, you I guess winning the trade. Did you read that article by whatever like NBC Sports Bay Area about the Wiggins trade? Where like they just said the Warriors fleeced the the Wolves.
1: I did, yeah. The break the breakdown was great. Essentially, it's D'Lo does not fit into Minnesota. I mean, he has limitations. He did not fit into the Warriors system. It was really just, you know, that whole idea around not necessarily trading players, but just trading contracts. Mm-hmm. It, he was a contract. Yeah. I mean, he's a way to to keep open the bil- the ability and flexibility of going above. Um, um, the maximum, yeah. Um, the whatever, the <laughs> my my word, my GM words. I'm losing my GM words. But yeah, I mean, it's basically just a holdover to keep to keep above the cap.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just really. It's I gotta say it again. It is kind of just insane that like, uh, basically we traded like a guy who who was not good for the Warriors for a guy who was much better for the Warriors and a potential lottery pick.
1: <laughs> Let, let's let's go back further, right? right. So. Durant signed with the Warriors for nothing, right? He came over here. We didn't do anything. The cap went up, signed him straight up. And then when he left, he was going to sign with the Nets and the Warriors were going to get nothing. And then the Warriors called up the Nets and said, hey, you know what? Um, What if we sign D'Angelo Russell and we do a trade Um, you know, a sign and trade so that we can fit him under the cap and then we'll give you something. And Durant was really petty about it and said, no, you deserve a, I deserve a first round pick. And so Mm -hmm. the Warriors ended up giving a a highly protected first round pick, right? Am I saying this right? And then got D'Angelo Russell for, for nothing. Mm -hmm. Got D'Angelo Russell for a pick that did not become anything. I should do some research, research to figure out what it was Um, and losing Durant. And then that, to connect all the dots getting three years of Durant led to Andrew Wiggins and potentially a first round pick in the best draft of all time.
0: Yeah. And, and if you really, really want to kind of go in that direction, yes, the warriors stunk because, uh, injuries and Durant left. We also got James Wiseman out (laughs) of (laughs) this, right? Technically (laughs) by KD leaving, right. And like a series of other events and a terrible, terrible year, but, uh, that's not bad. That's actually, I mean, I don't know if I can smile bigger than this. that's actually very um pleasing to think about. Good job, Bob Myers. I mean, we lost a Livingston was going to retire anyway. Losing a was was tough, but that should be a lesson to all Warriors fans that, like, sometimes you kind of have to move on and a you know, just appreciate the business of it all because I'll take what we got now over uh, an aging Iguodala as much as I love uh, Andre on the team, you know what I mean, just in terms of basketball.
1: The the only way to sort of to describe how impactful that was is just to pretend just for a minute if we had the second pick in the year before or the year before that, <laughs> right? If it wasn't James Wiseman, but it was Luka Doncic. Or it was um, John Morant. <laughs> like, that's the only other way to, to describe how much of a fleecing or how much, how lucky this was.
0: Yeah. I mean, we should always trade with Minnesota like every year.
1: <laughs> the, be- the best thing about them is, is that when they get a new owner, that new owner is going to be trigger happy. <laughs> like, there's no way the the cat Dilo duo is going to last through the next owner. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah. I think I read something from a Minnesota sports writer saying that they should keep cat keep edwards and move on from delo already <laughs> but on on that note it's like you know people were questioning the the trade they were emotional about losing uh iguodala the you know to make space for delo the the kd trade but myers not not a bad move Do you think he's a good gm how do you feel about bob myers the local uh high school basketball um legend from Monte Vista High School in Danville, California.
1: I guess I guess my my question back to you is do you think it's possible to be a good GM, a good drafting GM as well as being a good trade evaluating current players GM?
0: I mean, those are two different things, right? Sometimes it's harder to evaluate younger talent and to pull triggers on that whereas like doing the salary cap gymnastics and contract gymnastics, and then evaluating current players who you have more data points on. Those are two different skill sets. I know Myers catches flack for his draft history, but, um, you know, he's had some second round picks. You know, a lot of it is, it's almost a crapshoot at that point, you know?
1: I know what he's good at and that's sort of making space, making cap space and, getting value yeah I don't think we can judge him quite yet on drafting because you know for many years he had Jerry West and then he's been picking in the low first round and with this year you're basically fucked if you don't take James Wiseman Mm -hmm. second and so I know there is a lot of research done that they did and a lot of scouting but there is no way they would have, in hindsight now, um, I feel like any other decision was just because we were listening too much <laughs> to, to one year's worth of following all of these rookies. Um, so I feel like the next few years, you know, it's it's weird to say but like seven years into his tenure or five years into his tenure, we're saying that we haven't, he can't fully judge him yet, but it feels, it feels true.
0: Yeah, that's a good point of him being good at making salary or creating cap space. Um, because that opens the opportunity, right? Like for the Warriors for the last several years, you just need cap space, and then guys will want to come to the team, right, Uh, in terms of free agents. And then, I mean, some of the second rounders, we thought, or at least I thought, they were going to be good. Like Patrick McCall was solid for a year and a half. Jordan Bell was solid for half a season. Um, And everybody thought that these guys were going to be critical parts of uh, the future. But that might not be as much, on Myers as it is on like development. And then those players own ability to uh, improve the Jacob Evans pick was just terrible Uh, off the jump. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was just awful. Yeah. And if he gets like the Minnesota pick in like the, the the four to six range, I mean, you know, that, that, uh, that could be a gimme too. You know what I mean? Well then that is another episode of the Oakland warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Mardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs.